Hello guys and welcome back to the With A Minute To Go podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel, um, turn notifications on and if you enjoyed the video, hit that like button. It's much appreciated. Um, you can also find us on Spotify by typing in With A Minute To Go podcast um, or accessing the link via our Twitter and Instagram pages um, at WAMTGpod. So again, we have Matt with us today. Um, to discuss the topic of teams vying for promotion at the top of the championship. Looking at all the clubs currently in the playoffs and automatic promotion places, plus uh, a couple of other mentions. So before we do get into things, uh, nice to have you with us again, mate. Um, um, and quickly, congratulations on the win against Torquay last Saturday, uh, 1-0 at home. Um, obviously progressing through now to the semi-final away at Hereford and then potentially... You know, you're one game away now from Wembley. Must be uh, big for the club. You know, I'm buzzing as a fan. You must be buzzing as a coach. Yeah, f first of all, it was a it was a tough game. Um, Talking a very good side. They did have, a, to be fair, they had a lot of players out, but you know, were were, were very good on the day, and and we had to match them, and we, we had a little bit of luck towards the end. But yeah, it's fantastic for, for us to get through, and I don't think the club have got to a semi final of this competition for 15 years. So um, yeah, we're really excited. Um, obviously, the way the league is at the minute, there's lots of league games before we play that semi-final. Um, so we can't take our after ball of, of the league game. It's still important that we pick up some points in the league. Um, but yeah, you set Hereford away in the semi-final and, and hopefully we can get through that. And, and like you said, what an opportunity. Um, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity to, to, play, to play at Wembley or, or go to Wembley. Um, just see if there's any supporters going to be able to come or not. That's, that's a big question. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked it up briefly. I think it was like the 8th of May or something, the final schedule for this year. And that's obviously, I think it's nine days prior to when fans are supposed to be back in, which is the 17th of May. So you never know, that could be a trial event or something like that. I know there's talk about the Carabao Cup final is going to be a trial event potentially um, with a certain amount of fans in. Obviously, it's uh, Woking and, and whoever progresses through the other semi-final. So, it won't, you know, it won't be a packed house by any means. So you never know. Hopefully, you know, that'd be a great day out for us guys and especially for you as well. So uh, let's get into the episode then. Obviously, like I said, we're going to be talking about the championship today, uh, all the clubs at the top in the promotion places and uh, automatic and playoff. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning myself and Matt, and Matt you know, we're not expert, experts on the championship. Um, yes, we watch it from time to time to keep an eye out um, on all the clubs at the top of the league that could potentially come up and play our team Arsenal next year um, but we don't know all the ins and outs so feel free to message us on uh, Instagram or Twitter whatever um, to correct us basically on, on anything we've said um, yeah pretty much so we'll move on then we're gonna we're just gonna go through um, all the sides in order so we're gonna go from the top of the league right the way down to um, is it ninth, ninth place I think I think eighth, eighth place. Eighth place, eighth, is it? Yeah. yeah, eighth place. Yeah, the top eight in the league. So we'll start with Norwich. Um, so the runaway leaders at the top of the league, um, 10 points clear after their win against uh, Brentford in, in the week. I think Brentford are on 63. They're on 73 now. Um, uh, yeah, you know, talk us through their season. I've, I've seen you've done a bit of research here. Yeah, I think, first of all, I don't think it's a surprise um, when, a, when a relegated team is then ending up around the top of the championship. I think we've seen it lots of times. Um, you know, first thing we can point out is uh, 
you know the parachute payments that 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 the Premier League provide these teams with. Um, so they haven't got that massive drop financially. I think a little uh, you know a little side now. I looked at a stat, and I think I mentioned it to you earlier that um, I think when Wolves won the league, uh, the championship that is to go up through the whole season they made 7.4 million I think and that's in TV rights and um, they actually get a bit of money from the Premier League etc and compare that to the team that finished bottom of the Premier League got 99 million so that just shows the you know the differences between the two leagues financially so you know the Premier League do give those payments out to the to those clubs relegated to allow them to adjust um, to life not receiving those sorts of sums of money um, through, you know, mainly TV deals and, and whatnot. So, you say, first of all, not surprised to see Norwich up there. Um, obviously relegated last year. They lost two of their better players um, and they were probably lucky not to lose a few more. They lost Ben Godfrey, obviously doing very well with Everton this year and, and Jamal Lewis, who probably hasn't had the same effect um, at Newcastle. Um but to be honest, you know, what we saw from the, from their team last year, he would certainly be one of the players you'd look at and think, actually, you know, he could do a, do a, do a good job in the Premier League. I mean, they managed to keep hold of Max Ahrens. They managed to keep hold of um, Pukki, who was hit and miss in the Premier League. I said Todd Cantwell as well, that everyone sort of liked. And that Ben Deer as well, we talk about, obviously been heavily linked with, with Arsenal, um, you know, in, in the summer and again in January. Um but again, go back to, to Puki, 18 goals in the league this year. You know, I think if any team's going to come up, you need that goal scorer. He's proven in the championship. You know, had a really good start to the Premier League last year, but sort of faded away. Um, Rendier, again, as we talk about 10 goals, 10 assists. That's the quality of player he is. And, you know, I, I've seen him enough times to know that he, he'd be good in the Premier League and in a better Premier League team, I think he'd be good. Um, so going back to it, they obviously lost centre-half and a left-back. They were able to bring in Ben Gibson on loan from Burnley, which I think is quite a good signing, and he's slotted in well there. Um, and they brought in a, a Greek left-back, and I'll try and butcher his name, <laughs> Yanolis from Pauk. Um, yeah. And what I've read and, and seen about him seems to have done really well. Um, you know, they're flying. They've won five out of the last five. Um, like you said, they're 10 points clear. Still lots of games to play, but you, you would imagine there'll be a, a Premier League team next year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was going to say, barring an extremely poor run, it does look like Norwich will be promoted back to the Premier League at, at the first time of asking. Um, in your mind, what, what do you think they have to do differently um, in order to retain that Premier League status um, to avoid a repeat of 2019-20? I think one thing that was sort of um, labelled at Norwich last year was the style of football um they did want to play you know they did want to pl play out they did they would want to play through the third that, that was the way that the, the manager wanted to set them up and that's great but when you're not getting results that is is an issue um and it got to a stage where actually you know a, a long while before the the end of the season you knew they're probably going to go down um and they you know they carried on they didn't really change that philosophy as such you know, but under Daniel Farker, that's the way he wants to play. Um, does he change that up if they come back up this year? I'd like to think there's going to be a little bit more flexibility to, to their to their play. But, you know, that was certainly something that was labelled at them last year. Um, you know, I remember watching them on a few times where they're giving teams good games, but, you know, making silly individual errors, 
playing that style of football, which actually maybe they need to adjust and, and change that a little bit. Um, again, financially, are they in a position to to put put a bit of money in and, and bring in some better quality players if, if they are to get up, possibly? Um, but it's one thing we've seen with Norwich. We haven't really seen them have that sustained period of time in the Premier League. They're very much, I'm not sure of the stats, but they come up for a, a season or maybe two and, and then they'll go back down there. You know, probably a yo-yo team. Um, so it's whether they're able to now make the next step, you know, financially to to make them an established Premier League club. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I remember last year watching them at the start of the year, they beat Man City at home. Um, you know, so they were competing with the top clubs. Um, towards Christmas, they drew two with Arsenal as well. Um, played very well. Um, so, you know, overall, that deterioration was steady across the season. Um, so it was, it was a shame to see them go down because they've been a bit up and down, obviously, 13, 14, um, 2015, 16, relegated again. Um, so if they do come up, it'll be interesting to see um, what they change. Um, but obviously, we've discussed their attacking threats, the likes of Puki, Buendia, Cantwell. That's evident in their team. Um, where, where do you think their vulnerability lies? Um, I'd say, obviously, in the defence. 2019-20, again, going back to that season, a goal difference of minus 49. Um, you know, will they have to make it a bit of a bold move and completely redesign that back line if they want any success in the Premier League? Well, I think they have already, haven't they? I think, obviously, losing Godfrey and Lewis, as we spoke about, and, and replacing them with, with Gibson um, and Janelis. Again, the Championship is, is, is a great league, competitive league. I don't think there's many divisions across Europe that have a second league as strong as, as what we have here in England. But um, the difference from defending against, you know, a mid-table bottom, bottom championship team and playing against your Manchester Cities or Liverpool is massive. Um, I think, you know, the way Norwich are, yeah, if, if, you, if you're down the bottom, you're going to have a goal difference of minus 49. That's just, that's the way it happens. And like you said, there's goals in the team. Um you know, Puki's obviously scored a lot this year. Can he score that sort of weight of goals in the Premier League? I'm not so sure. Possibly. You know, Bendia, even if they go up, I'm not so sure that they'll keep hold of him if he continues to form he's on at the minute. Um, you know, there was talk also about Cantwell. So, yes, we can talk about the midfield and defence being a, an issue, but actually I look at the, the forward line and say, actually, can they keep hold of those sort of players? Um, you know, even, even if they do go back up into Premier League, I think, you know, some of them will certainly be sought after. Yeah, I think on their day, um, like I said, we saw at the start of last season, the likes of Pukki, um, especially, um, lethal in front of goal. Um, and he started the year really well and just fell off. So it's, I think it's about bridging that gap between the Championship and the Premier League and actually carrying on that consistency, um, you know, that certainly I've seen week in, week out, um, just looking at the results for Norwich. And he's been a, a real staple of that team, carrying them to... 10 points clear um, already come March. So we'll move on uh, to Brentford. Uh, currently sitting pretty in second place in the Championship. Um, aside who, I think they've threatened for promotion for a number of years. Um, got into the uh, playoffs in their first Championship season um, back in 2014-15 and they've hovered around that top six, um, especially in the last three years. Um, obviously last year narrowly missed out on promotion um, to Fulham in the playoff final. What has gone right for them this season, do you think? I, I don't think you can get past the word recruitment. And I think, I wouldn't say every team is jealous, but 
they have a, a way of doing things, you know, which isn't, doesn't involve spending big amounts of money. Um, and they're able to bring players into the football club that not only fit their style um, and are top end players for the division, but also players that if you look at a business model, are going to go and, and make money for them going forward. You, you know, you think of the likes of Ollie Watkins, um, uh, Ben Rama as well, that have obviously moved on this summer, uh, just gone both into the Premier League, both doing well in the Premier League as well, um, that have brought big money into the club. You know, both, I think both are around 30 million. Um, in, I'm not, I think Watkins cost them a little bit of money from Exeter. Um, and I'd imagine there'd been a sell on. Ben Rama, I think maybe it was five five million they brought him in for, um, you know, and they have the knack of of not only um, bringing these players in and selling them on, but then also replacing them. If you look at, I think there was a, we, you know, we're going to talk about Ivan Tony in a minute, but if you just look at um, the first team to have a player score twenty five more than or twenty five or more goals in in the championship for three consecutive years, you look at Neil Malpe who did that got a move to Brighton. I, I can't tell you how much Brighton paid for him, but it was definitely double double figures. Yeah. Um, then they Ollie Watkins, who was still in the team then, but playing wide, comes down the middle. He scores 25 goals. He gets his move to Villa. You know, then they go, everyone thinks, oh, Brentford are in trouble here. They go and spend five yeah. million on Ivan Tony from League One. <laughs> he comes yeah. in, he's got 25 goals and nine assists already for five million pounds. You know, I think... Yeah. And there'll be a host of Premier League clubs. Well, I know for a fact there's a host of Premier League clubs that are sniffing around him. And if Brentford don't go up, he, he's on his way. There's no way they're keeping hold of him um, because I think what I've seen of him, he is a he is a he is a number nine. He is a he's a clinical goal scorer, and he will score goals in any team, um, especially a, a big Premier League team. Are going to create the chances for him. So that's what's gone right for them. They're, mm. they're able to, they're able to replace players that they lose. Um, you know, I, I thought they were very unlucky not to go up last year. I thought they had the best team apart from the two that had already gone up automatically. Well, to be honest, I thought they had a better team than West Brom. Um, you know, I think as well, Dr. Brentford messed up really because they had enough chances to go up automatically and they, mm. and they, you know, they <laughs> fell, at, fell at the final hurdle and again in the playoffs. But, um, they haven't really lost any players bar those two. They've kept hold of the majority of the squad. You know, I think it's it's a good place to play. They obviously moved into a new stadium. Um, they've got some, they say they've got some really good players, some yeah. players, you know, players I really like. Um, you know, and and again, they they've done well this year. They've had a bit of a wobble recently. You know, they lost three of the last five. They, they lost obviously at Norwich in the week, which was a big result for for both teams because Norwich are able to stretch their lead. Um I think this could be the year for Brentford. I think I really think it yeah. could be. Yeah, I really do think it's a mix of that recruitment, um, which we, you know, we've, we've just said is fantastic, and we've known it for for a long time now. But also players stepping up. I look at players like Sergio Canos, uh, Josh de Silva, who maybe didn't impress too much last year. I know Josh de Silva was a bit of a debatable one, um, but this year been fantastic. Um, also, the recruitment side of things, people like Tarek Fosu, Saman Godos stepped up and they've been fantastic this year from what I've seen alongside Ivan Tony, which, you know, is 25 goals and, and nine assists for five million is not a bad return um, for his first season in the championship. So good stuff. And yeah, and I think if, also, I think if you, we, Tony gets the, the praise, of course he does 25 goals. You look like you mentioned Fosu come from Oxford. They signed Shannon Baptiste from Oxford, who 
um, you know, had spells in non-league football, uh, went back to from there and was at Oxford, done really well at Oxford and, and got the move. You know, they're very good at picking those players. We talked about Watkins earlier coming from Exeter. You know, they're very good, very good eye for picking those players and, and, and bringing them through. And they're not necessarily proven at the level at the time when they bought them, but but they've come in. You know, I, I know what you said about Justice Silva. I really like Justice Silva. I think he has, you know, I think physically he's got some great attributes. Technically, he's very good. And I can see him getting better and better with age. It is it is um, a remarkable club that have got this way of going. And, you know, I, I know it stems from the the owner and the chairman who have this philosophy and I know they've got links with, with Denmark and, and Michelin in Denmark and they've done similar things here. I know Brentford have brought players in from Denmark before. Um, but say the recruitment has been been superb. I think the obvious question um, that I've got to ask is, why do you think Brentford have come so close on many occasions um, but you know failed to make it count at the back end of the season? I don't want to be too harsh, but... Could there be a suggestion of maybe a weak-minded mentality set in at the football club or within the players? Uh, difficult one to put your finger on. I think you could look at maybe quite a young group of players. Um, you know, they, they still are quite young. But you look at the likes of Potis Janssen, obviously club captain. The the January signing they made of Winston Reid will only help that. Um, you know, really good. Um, I'll be honest, he fell off... The face of the earth for me. I can't believe <laughs> yeah, that yeah. he, no, he was even playing. I didn't know he was still at West Ham, but um, you know he'll only he'll only help in that sense. Um, and I think sometimes you, you know when when you have gone so close and and fallen at the final hurdle as they did automatically and in the playoffs. First, obviously, it's going to drive you to do better, but you, but you learn from those mistakes and the things you know. The manager is has been really good. Again, we can talk recruitment, we can talk recruitment on managers. You know, they've yeah. had Dean Smith was obviously did well there and, and he was he obviously then was cherry picked to go to Aston Villa. You know, they brought in um Thomas Frank again, you know, has has been great um for them. So look that, that's I think maybe a little bit of naivety. I would I wouldn't say you know I think it'd be unfair to say a team is is weak minded or, or weak mentality I think that that'd be unfair and, and again I think you know that league is a very tough league um, and as much as you can get on a run of games where you can win five or six on the spin seven or eight on the spin you could also get yourself in into a, a rut where you lose six six or seven on spin and, and for Brentford as a club you've got to think they've never been in the Premier League you know there's big pressure on them Oh absolutely yeah um, and we, we bang on about the Brentford's recruitment, um, and especially in the top half of the pitch. Um, you know, it's been fantastic for some time. Um, obviously, we've said uh, the likes of Nomorpe, Ollie Watkins, uh, and now Ivan Tony. Um, what do you think Brentford need to add to make that jump from the Championship to the Premier League and an even closer reality? I don't think they need to have much to get to the Premier League. When they get there, it'll be interesting. Um, I think if if they do get, I think the squad is good enough to get to the Premier League, and I, I think we'll talk about some other clubs who maybe have, maybe better squads on paper, bigger names. Um, but I think the quality is there with Brentford. Again, it will be can they get themselves over over the line, whether it's automatic, um, or whether through the playoffs. I think I say it's very tight at the top of the minute with 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 still a few games to go. But I think if they do then get up, it will be a question of can they keep hold of 
your Ivan Tonys, can you keep hold of 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 Jensen? Can you keep hold of those sort of players in the team? You know, I think they've got a good nucleus of a team, and then it'd be adding to it. And, and I'll be honest, I think they're an attractive club for for a player who maybe is at a top Premier League club at the minute and not getting a game. I think they're an attractive club to go to. They play football in the right way. Um, you know, so maybe through the loan market, bringing in players, I can, I'm thinking still off the top of my head, players at, at our club that will go there and probably play most weeks. It would be good for them. And, and, and yeah, they, that, again, we look at recruitment. I, I've got no concerns on Brentford if they did get to Premier League that they wouldn't have recruitment in place to bring in players that were, were good enough to play for Brentford and play for Brentford in the Premier League. Yeah, I really do think that's the interesting thing. Once they do get there, who they buy and, and why they buy them. I think that'd be great to see. Um, but we won't dwell on Brentford too much. Obviously, uh, an interesting one to talk about. But we'll move on um, to another one of the relegated teams um, from last year, flying high at the top of the championship um, in Watford. Um, I think we've both seen a lot of behind the scenes from uh, Ben Foster's Cycling GK um, vlogs, which has been interesting. Um, but, but from what you've seen, what have they done well this year? Um, to get themselves in such a strong position, I think similar to Norwich, you could say they have lost a couple of of senior players. You know, they lost um, Decore that went to to Everton, um, and, and has been a great signing for Everton and, and a superb player. Was probably one of their, if not their standout player last year. Um, and, and Etienne Capoue, another centre midfielder who who moved on to Spain, but but again, they've been able to keep hold of their better players. Um, Ismail Assar. Jal Pedro's come in and scored goals. Obviously, Dini's still around, although I think I read the other day he's out for the, possibly the rest of the season injured, which will be interesting to see how that goes. Mm. Um, they've still got a lot of Premier League players in there. You know, yeah. it, I think sometimes it gets labelled. If a team goes down uh, or gets relegated, you know, a lot of people are quick to say, oh, that's the reason they got down. They're not, they're not good enough Premier League players. But I think you'll find in that team there, there is a lot of good Premier League players Um you know, look at Cleverly in midfield. He's had to step up this year to the fact that Decore and Kapoor are gone. You know, Chalabar, I really like Chalabar, to be fair. I think I think he's a really good player. He's stepped up. Yeah. Um, you know, they obviously they they have the, the managerial merry-go-round at Watford. Um, and obviously, they've already seen one uh, bite the dust this year. Uh, but that was a, I think it was a big turning point for them because they were struggling beforehand. And, you know, sometimes I think we just see with Chelsea at the minute, you know, people will say, hang on a minute, Frank Lampard, he's not, they're not doing that bad. You know, they're not doing that bad. Yeah. New manager comes in, they're absolutely flying. Um, yeah. Winning games, not conceding goals. So a new manager does, you know, can, can make a massive difference. And, and I think with Watford it has, I think they're, they're doing well at the minute. I think they're, I'll say, thir- currently third. I think they're obviously aspirations to get up. They're, they'll have the financial situation, like we talked with Norwich, where they have um, the payments that that they, that they can help there. I say that they've got some good players. I say Ismail Asari is, is certainly a Premier League player for me, and and obviously had a attraction from from Liverpool in the summer. Um, eight goals, four assists. You know they they kick it on. There's a lot of good players. Um, Andre Gray got two goals in the week. I like Ken Semmer. Jal Pedro scored some at the beginning, hasn't scored many mm. recently. Obviously, we talked about Dini being out. So I think they've got a lot of firepower there. Um, a lot of firepower for Premier League, for Premier League players. Um, I say we do see lots of of, of footage with, with Ben Foster. Um yeah. which yeah. which is great. It's, on yeah. a side note, yeah. it's really good to see the insides of, of a club and how a club works. And you know, I just 
people don't maybe understand that the trap mm. you think the traveling they're doing the staying overnights all the time which everyone could think is luxurious and it's oh lovely staying in another hotel but it's tough you know get being on a coach oh, yeah. traveling all over the place and, and staying overnight here getting up and, and, and whatnot so you know that it's a great to see that inside of, of, of a club yeah I, th I think you've summed it up really nicely um but it's Watford so I've got to go back to the manager situation. Obviously, a club notorious for a numerous amount of changes behind the scenes, um, most notably in the public eye, is the managers, especially since they've been promoted to the, the Premier League in 2015 um, onwards. Um, even this year, again, like you've said, with their, their season going okay, you know, pretty well, um, they sat the manager uh, and they're on to their second guy. Um, do you think maybe that contributed to their, their demise in 2019-20, having such such an erratic um, sort of, you know, the amount of managers was was such a such a big number. I think it's gonna it's gonna at some point, isn't it? I think it's gonna catch up with you. Obviously, you think the start of last season they had Javi Garcia in, who took them to their first FA Cup final. You know, I remember meeting him personally when they played Woking in, in the third round, and and was a great guy. I think he still stays in contact with. Um, our manager at Woking now, which is a bit crazy. They they sent texts. I think he put his net, you know, we did an initiative at the beginning of the season, putting your name on the shirt and, and he did that and we sent him a shirt. You know, he's currently Valencia manager, so he's not doing too bad for himself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, he, he was swiftly moved on. I think it was a little bit early, but they were in a bad position by the time he left, to be fair. Um, mm. You know, they brought Kiko Flores back in, who they'd had previous which when that happens, I always think I'm not sure about that. Mm. You know, he only lasted 12 games, I think, um, yeah. which is mental. Is, um, yeah. But again, that's Watford. You know, they then have caretakers, Nigel Pearson come in, which I thought was a good appointment at the time because he is someone who, you know, has previous with keeping clubs up mm. and, you know, he's in the same similar mould to Sam Allardyce's. Mm. Now he's going to come in and, and firefight and, and get you out of situations. Well, that didn't work. I think there was a, you know, a disagreement over the the lockdown period, wasn't it? And and ended up mm. with obviously yeah. the caretaker. And and to be honest, you think back to the final day of the season, they they lost at Arsenal, and if they'd have won, they'd have stayed mm. up. And they yeah. had a hell of a, you know, they were they were I think two two or three nil down quite early, but they had a hell of a lot of chances to to get something out of that game in the end. I think mm. Danny Welbeck missed two or three yes. chances, and they were very close. But yeah. but yeah, like you yeah. said. You know, you talk three permanent managers last year plus a caretaker. Um, they've had two permanent managers this season already. You know, at some point there's got to be some sort of um, there's a bit more structure. You know, every manager that comes in will have a slightly different way they want to play. You know, if you're if you're uh, Nigel Pearson, for example, you've already got two managers worth of players um, that they've signed and, and whatnot, and maybe not your cup of tea or what you want and how you want to build your team. So, you know, that can become really difficult when, mm. when you've got to take yeah. over another yeah. group of players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they can, uh, stick with this manager for longer than five minutes, then they've got themselves a good chance <laughs> of, of getting themselves yeah. back up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually watching an interview, um, from Ben Foster. Uh, I think it was the second last game of the 2019, 20 season. And he was very quick to play down um, the uh, the guy interviewing him was basically saying how you know so many managers probably has such a such an effect on the players and, and he was basically saying well no it's down to individual performances but even then to get that structure in uh, at a club and and really enforce the way you want to play football 
it's always going to have an effect to have three or four different people um, coming in and, and changing those sets of principles every single time. Um, we obviously mentioned the squad and the quality of players they've got, a lot of them Premier League standards. Um, other than, I think, Decore, obviously, Ever to Everton, Delafayu and, and Etienne Capu, they've, they've managed to keep that core squad um, from the Premier League years. Um, I think that must be helping them in their quest for promotion this year. I think so. I think if you've got the best players, you've got the best chance of coming up now. That, 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 that's, a, that's a basic, obvious thing. And like you said, um, they have got some really good players. If you if you think, you know, you, you read through the squad, like you said, Ben Foster, he, for me, he's a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, you know, Troy Deeney, all right, maybe he's latter years now, but he is still certainly someone who, who's quality. You oh, yeah. know, um, say so Gio Pedro, uh, Messina, Ken Semmer, Chalabar, Kafka, they're all players that have played Will Hughes, Andre Gray, we keep going. You know, uh, they're all players who, yeah, okay, they've come down with Watford, but they've all played a lot of yeah. Premier League games. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that's really helped them. Um, I say that they even went through the way they signed Carlos Sanchez, who was at Villa a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if he's yeah. played many games, but again, yeah. another clever signing. Yeah. Um, and they'll be there or thereabouts. I think they'll be, yeah. be a playoff team for sure this year. Um, and it's whether they can, you know, it becomes a lottery then. Uh, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm not sure about automatic promotion but I definitely think they'll be looking to get that um, you know for promotion through the playoffs and they'll be a tough one um, for any side to come up against so we'll move on to our fourth team and Swansea City uh, a regular fixture in the Premier League from 2011 to 2018 I think it's fair to say um, they're sitting in fourth and they'll be uh, desperate to regain their status as a Premier League club after three seasons away from the big time how have they been looking this year? I think they've been done really well. I, I, mm. I've I've been impressed with them because I think they've um, they haven't necessarily got the names that you'd expect that they maybe your your Norwiches or, or Watfords have got, but um, they play a good style of football. Um, I watched a bit of their game. They played Man City in the cup, and and yeah, no, you got to take it with a pinch of salt because you're playing Man City. But <laughs> but they, but they look well. Their their recruitment over the over the summer was good. You know, they obviously they come off the last year they lost in the semi final of the playoffs, so they were a playoff mm. team last year. Um, yeah, they lost to Brentford over two legs. I think they beat Brentford in the first leg and lost in the in the replay or in the second leg. Sorry, but. You know, they didn't really lose many in the in the summer, which was which was good. They, uh, Joe Roden was probably the main one who's gone to Spurs, and and actually, to be fair, when I've seen him play for Spurs, he's done really well. I didn't really know much about him when Spurs signed him. Um, obviously, he's only young, but he's done well. Um, you know, they brought in a few players. They've uh, they replaced Roden. They've got in a couple um, uh, lab from from Chelsea and, and Ryan Bennett from Wolves, who was on loan at Leicester last year, I think, but didn't really play. Mm. Um, and again, obviously, that was a position that, that they thought that they needed to address. Um, they signed Jamal Lowe from Wigan, who, you know, I know lots about because of, because of yeah. our manager and, and the influence he had in his career. And yeah. you know, he's, he's had a great partnership with Andre Ayew up front. They both bagged goals. Um, you know, any, any side who's got aspirations, ambitions of, of getting up has got to have that, that number nine to get the goals. And, and, you know, with the two of them scoring you know, quite a few each, then, you know, that gives them a chance. They've, they've used the loan market really well. They've got five in on loan. 
You know, that if I look at the loans, so Freddie Woodman in goal, I think they had last year as well, solid from Newcastle. You know, they know what they're not again. So they've got Mark Dewey from, from Chelsea as a centre-half option. Um, they've got a couple of lads from the MLS, um, which is interesting. I'm not sure how they, if there's a link there between between Swansea or, or whether there's a, a coach that's come from over there that's got knowledge. And, and the biggest one for me is that Conor Hurahan they got in the, um, in the window, yep. I think in the yep. January window is a fantastic sign for them. Already scored a few goals, and and again, looking at a player like him, um, you know, played a lot of games. Maybe not so many in the in the Premier League, but a lot of Championship games. He was in part of the Villa side that obviously were promoted through the playoffs. They beat Derby, yeah. um, you know, so he'll bring that experience and and a bit of quality. To the team and and again if, if they're going to be in around it he's going to be a massive factor in that yeah i think again quickly looking on recruitment and and we've mentioned it for the teams that we've already talked about and the teams that we will talk about because it's such an important thing um for those clubs looking to get into the premier league swansea have done some clever business like you said bringing in um who ran on loan from villa who had a, a decent season um from what i saw last year at villa um, and Ryan Bennett from Wolves. Um, in 2018-19, he was instrumental in that back three for Wolves. Um, I remember one of the games at the Emirates, they drew one all, and, and he was fantastic alongside Willie Bolly and, and Connor Cody. How much would you say um, that that squad have really benefited from having Premier League experience in their ranks, you know, of those two players especially? I think that's always going to help, isn't it? I think experience and is certainly going to help. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that, you look at the manager and I think actually what he's brought to the, to the club and, you know, I, I know you've got some notes on, on the, yeah. the recruitment of the manager. Obviously they had Graham Potter as a previous manager who's now at Brighton and, um, you know, Steve Cooper, who is, I wouldn't say he was an unknown, but maybe an unknown yeah. to, to, to us. Obviously I think it's his first senior job. You know, he's done, he's been with England. Yes. Yeah. yeah set yeah. up in Liverpool, um, you know, first senior job, uh, and has come in and done really well. He's, you know, he had a, you know, he knows how he wants to play. He wants his players to be brave on the ball, and I think he has the players that are going to do that. Um, you know, and actually, if you look at him as Swansea manager, that forty-six percent win percentage from eighty-eight games is not bad, mm. and they probably want to improve on that a little bit more if they're going to get themselves into the playoffs and, and get themselves up. But, mm. um, but I think again, it, it, there's a, probably a, a lot of um, yeah, they put a lot of trust in him to bring in a manager yeah. that has not managed at senior level before. But um, just, just quickly, just quickly, you, you mentioned obviously Steve Cooper's experience with the youth teams at England and, and Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and I've said hey, he's, he's been given opportunities to young players. Obviously, Dan James came through and since gone on um, uh, and playing for Man United. Um, Rian Brewster, um, he signed on loan. How important is it to show younger players, you know, that you've got the confidence in them to go out there? And perform and be themselves on the pitch. Well, funny you should say that because he, Steve uh, Cooper, was the England manager when they won the the Under Seventeen World Cup. Right. Two, okay. Two goal scorers on that day was Rian Brewster. Yeah. And uh, Mark Gooey, and also was right, yeah. uh, Morgan White, uh, Morgan Gibbs White. They signed alone as well, didn't they? Who they signed yes. alone. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yes, definitely, you want to give those young players the uh, yeah the opportunity to to thrive and whatnot, but he also has trust in them. He knows those young yeah. players, you know, and I think that's yeah. a massive thing when, 
you know yeah. those players. I think if you're, you know, the it's an old saying: if you're you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, but there has to be that balance. There has to be that yes. mix. Yeah. Um, but I say he, he's got players that he he knows that he can trust and rely on. Um, yeah. And when you have that, then you know, with that mix of, of senior players, we talk about Hurahan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then they, you know, that I think Swansea are in really good hands at the minute. You, you, Andre, are you as a senior player? Um, you know, you look, Ryan Bennett, senior player, he's got that mix. Um, Joe yeah. Bidwell, another senior player, Carl Norton, senior players, but mixed in with a Mark Dewey on loan from, from Chelsea, a Jamal Lowe, still relatively young. Um, you know, he's still got Wayne Routledge knocking about. You know, there's a senior <laughs> player for you, if you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Definitely. So, but again, look, I say, and not not watch Swansea too much, but hearing good things about them, I think again, I think they're they're a good side. They've got some good quality. So he's used the loan market well to bring in players that he knows um, will either benefit him in the, in their youth and or, or the other way in the experience. Definitely, um, looking at you know looking at, at Swansea from an outsider's perspective, they they've got it all right. Um, and uh, hopefully they can push on and, and maybe get promotion this year back to the Premier League. So halfway through our teams, that's four out of eight. And we'll move on to our common, uh, well, our every week feature now, um, which is the scout. Obviously, we look at um, a couple of Premier League players, one person who's done well from last week, one who we think will do well um, this week. And quickly, before we do get into it, just a, a reference to last week. Um, unfortunately, I've jinxed another player. Um, I'm not happy about saying that, but Harvey Barnes went off after 50 minutes against Arsenal. Um, knee injury, I think it was. Uh, I think he's going to be out for about six weeks. I saw something like that. So, um, sorry about that, Harv. I won't pick you again, mate. Um, hopefully, hopefully, you're fit by the Euros. Um, and you can you can travel with that England squad. Um, Matt, you said Rafinha again. That didn't go to plan. Uh, Leeds lost one 0 at home to Villa. Um, not a great game. I, I watched that whole game and I think that was a bit of a waste of time. It was an early go after five minutes from El Ghazi and then not much else happened. Um, so, yeah, again, our predictions were poor, but we've, we've got to say Sam from last week. He said Michel Antonio to, to do well against uh, Man City and he actually scored in a, a losing effort 2-1 away um, against Man City. He played pretty well, had a few good chances, maybe should have scored a couple more. Uh, on a different day, maybe a different player would have been free too. Um, so yeah, good shout from Sam. Um, and as ever, you and me disappointing. Hopefully this week, um, <laughs> hopefully we can change it up this week. But um, you never know. Um, right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first then, as I've rambled for a while about your player from uh, last week. Yeah. Well, as much as it pains me to say it, um, I can't really look further than Gareth Bale. Um, mm-hmm. You know, first of all, two two goals and an assist last week uh, against Burnley, um, an assist against in a in a losing cause the week before. Are we now starting to see a bit more of the Gareth Bale that that maybe not that we expected to see? Because I think it was very mixed. Um, a lot mm. some people saying, "Yep, he's going to come back and hit the ground running." You know, I spoke to a lot of people that thought, "Oh, I'm not sure about this signing. He, mm. He's, mm. he's not the not the player he, he was." Um, but but maybe this is a turning point for him. You know, I think he's had a, a, a strange few weeks. I think his relationship with Mourinho is, is very strange. I, I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, 
I've, you know, Mourinho, I believe Mourinho wanted him, um, but I don't yeah. necessarily think he's a he's a he was a starter or they thought he was going to be a starter as such. You know, I think there's some comments this week that you know it's up to Real Madrid whether the deal is extending for another year. So that would suggest that Spurs are interested in keeping him, um, and the finances still work for Spurs. I know it's obviously. Yeah. You know, he's on an incredible amount of money a week and I think Spurs are, are picking up half of that. Um, but I think we're now seeing him with a, a run in the team. The front three that was spoke about in the summer of Kane, Son and Bale, they're playing together. Um, mm. You know, I think if Spurs have the ambition to still get in the top four, which I know at the minute there's lots of teams between, you know, in, in, those, in and around the, the mix there, but getting him on form and having him on form is going to be a massive bonus for, for them to push push that way. So um, interesting to see, you know, whether mm. it is him now kicking on or whether that was an anomaly and it will go back to him play, playing 45 minutes or, or not being fit enough to mm. play and, and whatnot. And I think longer term, I think it'd be interesting to see what he's done in the summer because I think if you'd have said three or four weeks ago, is it beneficial for Spurs to extend the loan? You'd have probably said no, because they could spend those wages elsewhere getting on, on better quality. But actually, if he's going to start producing um, performances we've seen recently and build a consistency, then then surely he's a player that any club would want. A lot of people talk about players coming into form at the right time. I'm not sure I buy into that, because I think players coming into form at any time is good. But actually now, especially with Bale, they've got Arsenal around the corner next week. Um, still in the, the last sort of stages of the Europa League, got a Carabao Cup final coming up. You know, I think he'll play a big role in those games if he does push on. Um, again, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they've got Son and Kane up front. Um, they've sort of varied it around with Bergwijn, Lucas Moura, um, who have all seemed to have made an impact, and, and Lamella as well um, in the last couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see um, how many opportunities he gets and, and if he does, you know, really, if he does really take them. Um, how far Tottenham can go in those competitions. So I've, you know, I actually made my decision on this player before Matt. So I was going to say Bale, but I couldn't bring myself to say it. So I've <laughs> had to go with uh, someone who has frustrated me, and I know he's frustrated you and frustrated all the Arsenal fans this year, um, which is Willian. Got a couple of assists um, in Arsenal's three-one away win at Leicester. Um, I'm not going to say he was back to his best. Because I think he was and still is far from that. But it was definitely, you know, a glimmer of, of hope, I think, for Arsenal fans that we saw his potential um, that we've seen over six years at Chelsea. Um, so you never know. We could be getting some luck there. We could be finally getting the player we thought we had uh, back in September. But I think it's still, um, I think he's still a long way off what he, where he could be. I know something came out um, in the week previous to the game saying about how he preferred to be at Chelsea, which was um, obviously quite strange um, you wouldn't really expect a player of that level to be coming out and saying I'd rather stay at a rival club um, but anyway I don't mind he's come on he's got a couple of assists and we've got a win away from home so um, all is good Yeah I think up, up until Saturday or Sunday I'd have rather he was at Chelsea as well to be fair um, but, <laughs> yeah. but like you said I think I think yeah, yeah. you know first to say if a player's not doing well and, and actually yeah. you uh, you got to be first to say when he did do well and, yeah. and as much as he hasn't yeah. had really an impact and and probably the impact that the fans saw and, and certainly the impact the manager probably thought it, at the weekend he was very good um, mm. he was a catalyst for for Arsenal to come back because you know they found themselves one 0 down early on and it was e- it would have been easy for certainly this Arsenal team to really just crumble at uh, good Leicester although they mm. are a little bit off form at the minute 
but you know he he led the fight back you know like you said two assists I thought he's you know his build-up play was good I thought he got on the ball and dribbled well and and, and moved the ball um forward which which maybe Arsenal haven't haven't done as much so again similar slightly similar to Bale could this be a, a one-off or is this going to be the start of really pushing him pushing him because I think Arsenal will will need him with the with the amount of games I know you know, for Arsenal, I think the top four is probably a bit too far away. But I think yeah. in the camp and, and listening to interviews this week, they, they still believe they can get top four. And and if they have got that glimmer of hope, that small chance, they're going to need all the players to to be on top form. And and like you said, with the, the Europa League and, and aspirations to go far further in that, they're going to need uh, all their players firing. A lot of games coming thick and fast. Mm, just just quickly going back to Willian. I've seen a lot of things. Um, basically, he's a very well-liked character um, in the Arsenal dressing room and behind the scenes in training and things like that. So it is nice to finally see him um, getting some credit because, like you've rightly said, I think all football fans, this goes for when players are doing badly or teams are doing badly, we'll, we'll jump on their backs. Um, but also, we've got to be the first to say, you know what, he played well this week uh, and give him the credit he deserves. So this week, um, I'll go for my player first. Um, I know you saw this, um, and you were a bit, a bit, um, not against the idea, but just unsure as to whether this one will come off, and it, it, it probably won't. But I'm going with it anyway. Mo Salah, um, Liverpool at home to Fulham. Yes, they've lost their last five home games, um, but at, at some point, that you, you got to think that run's going to come to an end. Um, no, <laughs> against against the relegation threat in Fulham, you'd you'd like to think Salah. Could get a goal or, or an assist or maybe even both. Um, so yeah, I'm across that maybe just maybe get one right this week. I don't think he'll play personally. I think he'll be on the bench. Um, obviously, he got dragged last night um, after an hour or so. I think Hotter's coming back. I think he'll probably play. And I think you know, I think there's quite a lot of stuff going off on, on off the pitch with with Mo Salah at mm. the minute um, and, mm. and maybe a pending transfer that he's not happy or whatnot or he wants to go somewhere else to finish his yeah. career or whatnot. So it'd be interesting. As I say, I think if 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 Liverpool are going to win a game, it's going to be this this weekend against mm. Fulham. Um now you've predicted it, I reckon Fulham will win one nil. But <laughs> yeah. I don't, that's but, just what I was here, wasn't it? About about Salah wanting to, to get a transfer. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well you never know. You never know. I'm I'm hoping, like I said, I'm keeping everything crossed. He might just do something this week. Um, but then again, I have just jinxed him, so probably not. Um, right, who's your player for this week? Uh, my player this week is a goalkeeper, as I chose a goalkeeper last week, and it is Dean Henderson. Um, he's going to have an extended run in the team because I think De Gea has gone back to Spain. Um, right, OK. I think his uh, wife has, has given birth. I think I saw that today. They put it out on his Instagram that his wife has yeah. given birth. And I think he's gone back for... So I heard on the radio this morning he's gone back possibly out for six weeks. Um, oh, really? Yeah, All so right. I'm not really sure what the scenario is, situation is there. But mm. as obviously mm. he played in the week and he played well against Palace, made a couple of really good saves. Mm. Um, away at Manchester City this weekend is going to be a massive test for him. You know, mm. I think oh, yeah. if, if I'm looking at Dean Henderson now and he's going to get an extended run in the team... He's got to be looking, A, I want to establish myself as May United number one. And B, can I make myself England number one before the Euros? And mm -hmm. I think if he, that would have been my, 
argument for him not being it because he's not playing week in, week out. But now he's got a real good opportunity to to stamp his authority ahead of the Euros. Um, but again, it's a, there's a, it's a massive test against you know Manchester City. United will certainly be desperate to end that winning run, and and City have been on an unbelievable run. And I don't think any like we spoke about it before he would ever mm. predict they'd be on a run like they are. And they've games where they've been fantastic, and there's games where they've probably ground it out a little bit more. I look at the West Ham game where they did have chances, but again, just two one. Um, you know, so if United are going to get a positive result of the weekend, he's going to have to be on top form. Mm. Um, I think it's good for Carlisle because they get quite a bit of money over this time. With the, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, the, with their ten thousand pound an appearance at the minute, so they'll be buzzing and hopefully they'll be hoping De Gea stays out of the team as long as possible. Yeah. But again, no, seriously, I think that he is a very good goalie. I think he will go yeah. to the Euros, you know. But in, whether he goes a, a one, two, or three, you know, I think that's up to him now because I think if he can have a real good run in the team, there'll be a lot of people and. You know, and, and rightly so, that he probably could be ahead of Pickford. Although, on a mm. side note, Pickford made an unbelievable save last night against West Brom um, and kept a clean sheet. And he's he's yeah. actually picked up his form as well. But again, it'd be interesting to see. I, th- I say, be, I think it's obviously the game of the weekend. Um, yeah. I fancy City will beat them. Just the form they're on. I think May United aren't on a good run of form. They haven't really scored any goals at the minute. Yeah. But again, you wouldn't be surprised if United won that, went there and won. Um, yeah, because that's no. the team they are and the quality that they have. Yeah, well, we've seen we've seen it before with United going there in previous years. I think uh, twenty seventeen eighteen, um, they went there and they were two 0 down and mm. and they won three um, two. Mm. So it's just what United can do. Um, also, just want to say, hopefully everything's okay with uh, David De Gea there. Congratulations, firstly, but then obviously going back for six weeks to Spain might be slightly concerning. Hope, hopefully yeah, I, I say okay. that's only something. Something that I heard on online okay. or on the radio, sorry, whether that's true or not. But again, okay. you know, I think that's the opportunity that Dean Henderson has been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, on Dean Henderson, um, I've loved what I've seen from him, especially um, obviously last year at Sheffield United. He was a, a massive part of their success. Um, and then I think you're bang on in terms of sort of trying to cement his position as a, as a number one for England. I think he's up against tough composition in, uh, in Nick Pope. Um, but he's going to get a run in the team now, so it'll be interesting to see how he does for for United. I think if if he um, if he actually does have a run, I think he probably leapfrogs um, Nick Pope just on the fact of his his ability to to play with the ball at his feet, and obviously that's what Gareth Southgate has looked for. That's why Pickford is England's number one. Not just you know, I think actually Pope as a goalkeeper and, and making saves and, and dealing with balls in the box, I think he's a better goalie than Pickford and. But actually, the way England want to play, and with that, you know, the eleventh outfield player as such, I think you know Dean Henderson get a good run in the team. He'll he'll definitely leapfrog um, Nick Pope and and really, you know, rival Jordan Pickford for the for the summer. Yeah, promising times for England, definitely in the goalkeeping department, which will please you. Um, so good stuff, good stuff, uh, and nice to see you picking another player, oh, another goalkeeper. Sorry, um, to have a look at for this week. But we'll get back to our championship side, so the fifth team. Um, we're going to be looking at Reading now. Aside of a, you know, a few years of Premier League experience, they've never really cemented their position, though, as a Premier League club, I think it's fair to say. Um, I think they were in the league 2006-07, 07-08, and then 12-13, and not, not particularly successful other than that one season, 06-07. Um, often achieving well in the championship. I think they 
I think back in 2017, they just missed out um, on the playoffs uh, in the final against Huddersfield. Um, so how have they gone this year? Yeah, like you said, not really ever cemented. I'll, I'll be honest, when I, when I look at Reading, I think a good, a good solid club, a good championship club, but that's the way I look at Reading. Um, obviously, they've had their time in the Premier League. They had a really good first season. You mentioned 06, 07, and, and then had a bit of a second season syndrome where they didn't, you know, I think a lot of clubs have it where they don't, they because they've done so well, you can Sheffield United this year, they don't necessarily recruit again. Um, and then that, that becomes a, a downfall mm. second time round. Obviously, they, they come up again, was it 2013? Yes. 2012, 13. 12, 13, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously only lasted so one year. But, yeah. you know, an, another club who like to hire and fire with managers. Um, mm. They finished 14th last year, which which I know was disappointing Reading fans. Um, but I think, uh, you know, that's where they are. They're, ve- they're very much hit and miss. Um, they brought in a new manager in August. And again, I don't want to butcher his name. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. I won't even try. But um, <laughs> I say he come, he come in in August. So yeah. um, they've moved on a lot of their, their older players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, such as Charlie Adams, um, Chris Gunter, Cleary, that they've moved on, and mm. and I think that's sometimes the freshness that a new manager brings in. I think they've always had the potential ready, and they've always had a good squad, and and the consistency is has always been an issue. And I'll be honest, they 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 I think for me they're overachieving this year. Um, do their supporters think they'll stay there? I'm not so sure. Um, but they've got a chance. I think the issue they have sometimes is they'll be on a good run of form, and then they'll play a home game that they should comfortably win and they'll get beat. Um, and that, mm. that has been an issue for them. Um, I think a few weeks ago, they, they're doing well. And then they lost at home to, to Millwall in a game where they dominated and conceded two late goals after being 1-0 up. Um, and that's obviously chucking away three points. But um, you look at the players they brought in in the summer. Um, they brought in Ajaria on a permanent. They had him on loan last year. And, and I say, speaking to Reading fans, they were really impressed with him. Um, and that's a great one to get. The interesting one for me is Lucas Jow, who um, mm. they signed, they actually signed last season. I think they got him um, on a, a free, possibly, um, from, yep. from uh, it's undisclosed fee, sorry, from Sheffield right. Wednesday. So from a team okay. in their league, you know, his, rec- mm. his record at Sheffield Wednesday was, was certainly not clinical, over 100 games, 26 goals, but one in, fo- one in four, one in five goal mm. games. Average, um, average. So not, not bad, not bad, yeah. but... Again, since he's gone to to Reading, he's he's really has uh, sort of blossomed as such. You know, mm. he played mm. just short of fifty games and, and 24, 25 goals. So a goal every two other games. He has um, struggled with a little bit of injury um, in and out of the team, which has obviously been frustrating. He's seventeen goals in the league this year. Mm. You know, I think mm. when I look at him as a player, you know, six foot one, quite physically strong, got speed, mm. runners in behind. I know you're probably going to ask me a little bit more about him in a minute, but <laughs> I say someone that someone yeah. that actually will keep banging on about it. If you're going to go up and you're going to be around the top, you need someone who's going to score the goals, and and he's Definitely. someone that does that. You know, another side note, um, Michael Elise, I think that's how I pronounce his name. I think he was, you know, come through the academy, but I'm not sure he was. I might be wrong that he was wasn't massively favoured in in the under twenty threes and right. whatever, but but it's come in the first team, nineteen years old and, and been really a real talent. I think he scored an unbelievable goal away at QPR in the last minute, and mm. um, but nine assists, four goals from midfield. You know, I think Reading have that where they will get a, a young player will come through. The mm. academy is very good. Um, 
So yeah, look, exciting times for Reading. I think, I think, I think their fans are probably looking at it and going, "Oh, you know what? They're, uh, you know, there's probably a, a run of bad form around the corner." But if they keep, keep proving people wrong, that there certainly be a team that will be up and around it. Yeah. For me, they're the one that could just drop out of it rather than looking at a Swansea or a, you know, a Watford or Brentford or you know those sort of side. They'd be the team that might just fall out of it, and and maybe one of the other sides we talk about will take their place. But again, they've put themselves in a really good position at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, without saying too much, um, I think Reading have, like you've just said, on the on their academy, bringing for a couple of players there, is an interesting system they've got in place um, that I've actually experienced personally. Um, like I said, I won't go into it too much, but it seems to have worked with these with these few players. So so fair enough. And he's come in and and you know obviously nine assists and four goals for a nineteen year old in the, in the championship is fantastic. Um, but I'm going to touch on the older players, obviously. You've said they've moved some of them on, players that have been there a while, um, Gunter, McCleary, um, and Charlie Adam as well, an older player. Something you must see at Woking, though, is the importance for clubs to have that balance of experienced heads and youth in order to bring those players through, um, You know, like what's been happening this year at Reading. Experience is, is invaluable. You, you know, I don't say you can't have too much experience, but there's got to be the right blend. You know, I've mm. I've been with, you know, I've worked under two different managers at Woking, you know, and, and certainly one of them maybe didn't have enough experience. And, and you know, at the end of that, we see, a, you know, negative outcomes because because there isn't the experience mm. head that sometimes will, will be a, a calming influence, can be the, the person who gives someone a, a rocket, you know, that they need at, at certain yeah. times. Yeah, you know, yeah. can guide the younger players, can can ensure that, um, you know, we, we I talk about it all the time. When you win, you're not too high. When you lose, you're not too low. And, and the way the games are going at the minute, mm. they're thick and fast. You know, you could have a really good, you know, for for, for example, if I talk about us at Woking, we had a, a massive win on Saturday, which we've touched upon in the trophy. Tuesday mm. night, we go away and we lose against 10 men. And that's, you know, not getting mm. too high from the, from the game on Saturday because you've got another one coming around the corner. And, and that's... You know, the championship is a league where it's thick and fast, uh, you know, coming mm. at you all the time. There's Everyone can beat anyone in that league and that's the attraction of it. And even more so this year where we've got such a condensed mm. fixture list mm. that games are coming thick and fast. And that's certainly something that an experienced head can bring to to the sides. And, and it's important you have them. To be fair, look, Redden have still got enough experienced players. Michael Morrison, yeah. um, Liam Moore is experienced player. You, you look at... John Swift, who I think has been good for them this year. Yes. You know, yep. that Sonia Lucas did around their experienced players. Lucas Chow himself, 27, 28 years old. You know, they still have experienced players um, in their side um, with a mixture of younger players. I think, um, you know, I, I think it's Omar Richards. Um, I don't know if you saw that one the other day. He signed a pre-contract with Bayern Munich, which you right. know, coming through. Wow. I think he yeah. Possibly he'd come through their academy. Um, which is fantastic for, for the academy, or maybe not so good for the for the first team at the minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, it's it's important to have have that mix for sure. Yeah, I think you make a great point about the condensed um, sort of timetable. I guess one at the moment in these times, you mentioned yeah, you know what's what it's been like at Woking, um, but also for these young players playing in you know the Championship, the, the Premier League. You look at players like your Greenwood, Sackers as well. Um, and obviously Michael Elise um, in the championship with Reading. Um, it's just important that then they don't dwell too much on those performances. And actually, it's important to enjoy them. But at the same time, you know, this is a job. You've got to move on, got to do it again and keep producing it week in, week out if you want a chance of, of getting up to the Premier League. 
Um, and also, I was going to touch on, you're right, Lucas Schau. Um He's had a few injuries, but he still managed to bag 17 goals. And actually, I, I had to send you a little video earlier, just in case you hadn't seen too much of him. Um, and I, I watched it as well. And he's, you know, a very good player physically. Um, he's got decent pace, um, decent finish on him. Do you think maybe he's Premier League quality? That's a big, big question. You know, he, he hasn't played in the Premier League. Um, like we said, before we come to Reading, his goal-scoring record wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything to write home about. Um, mm. Sometimes a club just fits for a player. Mm. Um, and that's something you can certainly look at Lucas Shaw at the minute. Is it the formation? Is it the system? Is it the players? You know, is it he's playing in a one? Is he playing in a two? All these things you can think about with a centre-forward mm. Um I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm going to probably sit on the fence and say mm. that possibly a Premier League club wouldn't buy him. But if he mm. got there with Reading, then there'd be a, certainly an opportunity for him to see what he could do in the Premier League. Mm. But if he carries on scoring goals, um, you know, and we're seeing it more often, if he carries on scoring goals and he's and he ends up with 20, 25 goals in a, in the Championship this year, there will be clubs yeah. looking at him in the yeah. in the way that clubs are looking at Ivan Tony, um, mm. because you know to score goals like that in any league. Um, is tough um, and you know the weight of goals the consistency of, of scoring um, again in a good team in a good red team that will create chances but you still got to be on there like you said in the video he scores all manner of goals as well you know what, what we've yeah. seen of him um, you know certainly a reason why Redner are up there but again making that is making that next step will be be interesting um, and what sort of side but you, you look at someone like a West Ham um, or even one of the, you know, if ready not to make out one of the new newly promoted sides, do they take a gamble on him that he'll get him the goals? You, you, Reddy, I'm not sure what, again what the figure that Reading paid for him, but mm. you know, they, it probably wasn't, you know, they probably didn't think maybe they'd get this sort of return from him, but an astute mm. signing. Mm. I think it's always an interesting one to look at players and and think, especially strikers, would they replicate that same form in the Premier League? Obviously, we've talked about Ivan Tony potentially if he doesn't get snapped up this year um, and he actually goes with Brentford it'd be interesting to see how how he does there and also um, we touched on earlier in the episode Timu Puki another one who has done well in the championship went up did okay gone back down again done pretty well so it's always an interesting one I think it's, it really depends on the individual um, I think if, if you look at um, if, you, if you look at Zhao's record in all competition this season it's 20 and 29 you know he's scoring two two and three, um, oh. which which is which is a fantastic return. You know there's Premier League players, there's the best player best best players in Europe that will be after that sort of return. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know so if he can continue that sort of form, not only will Reading stay around the around the, the top places in the league, but he'll he'll mm. certainly have some admirers from possibly the Premier League or, or certainly clubs from abroad. Oh, for sure, those those lower sort of Premier League sides, if if he doesn't get promoted, Reading, I think they'll definitely be interested. Right, uh, we'll move on to the lowest um, of the three Premier League sides to be relegated last year, and that's Bournemouth. Um, started the season towards the top of the league. I think it's fair to say they've slightly fallen away. They're still in sixth position though, with a you know a strong chance. I think it's fair to say, um, given their squad. Um, of bouncing straight back um, into the Premier League. So, how have they looked this year? I think it's an interesting one with Bournemouth because I think they probably got this one of the best squads. I, I already mm. do. Um, yeah. Obviously, relegated last year, they parted company with Eddie Howe, who we bumped into in the summer. 
<laughs> um, and then made an interesting appointment because they went, you know, Eddie Howe was with him for a while. He was he was very much mm. a Bournemouth man. I know he obviously spent a year away, but but come back and, and got them up. Um, mm. You know, with, with his assistant manager, Jason Tindall, taking charge. And, and to be fair, at the beginning of the season, they started really well. Um, they started the season brightly and, and, it, and it slowly dropped off. Um, you know, obviously you can imagine the ambition is to get back to the Premier yep. League. Um, you know, you can just look at that with the players that they managed to keep hold of, but also the players, obviously they've they've had to bet a few goals. See, Nathan Aki went to, to Man City for big money, which obviously mm. hasn't worked, what really worked out as much, as well as he thought. You go Callum Wilson, um, you know, Ryan Fraser, who obviously had a, we had a weird situation with him with the, mm. when they come back from, from the COVID break that he was, wasn't going to play anymore because his contract was up. Obviously, Aaron Ramsdale has moved on now and gone to Sheffield United and, and Jordan Ibe as well. So, you know, a lot of those players left, but still, when you look through their squad and you, you look at the, the quality they've got in there, you know, and the Premier League experience, Begovic, you know, the, the sign of Jack Wilshere, they brought in Shane Long on loan, um, Lewis Cook, Premier League player, Stanislas, you, you know, there, there is some good quality players in there. And, and, you know, Philip Billing, again, who I like and was, was good at Huddersfield. Mm. Um, you know, so they've got the quality there. And again, the ambition would have been to go up. And I think when the when the board are seeing that the team are, are dropping outside the playoffs and, and they're looking at the quality of the teams that we've spoken around already. When, when you're down there, it's difficult for you to get back in. Um, mm. You know, mm. you look at Norwich are going to be relentless. You think that Brentford and Watford are going to be relentless now for the rest of the season and winning games and, and keep themselves around there. So once you get out of it, it's difficult to get back in. So I think um, they obviously made a decision. It's an interesting one. You know, they brought Jonathan Walker in as caretaker. There was lots of talk that Thierry Henry was going to take the job, which <laughs> which I don't know how true it was or how close he came. Um, you know, then then Woodgate was announced on a permanent. An interesting one, because obviously he had a he had a spell mm. um at Middlesbrough as manager. Um, yes. yep. and then I say Bournemouth have decided that he is the man to 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 get him back up. So mm. be interesting. As I say, he only spent spent a year at Middlesbrough. Um, yeah, uh, it, time will be said. I think that he did some good things there, but obviously he was sacked because of the club were just outside the relegation zone. So, mm. you know, he he was replaced by by another firefighter manager, Neil Warnock, because that was the situation of Middlesbrough in. But mm. again, Bournemouth of like the first appointment and bringing in uh, Tyndall was an interesting one. This is an also interesting one. Um, I think he's had a bit of help from Harry Redknapp, possibly. I think mm. Joe Jordan's now gone in as a coach. So he's got some experience right. behind him, which yeah, I think yeah. could be good. Um, yeah, I think, again, I think they've bought, bought well. Um, you know, a player you mentioned the other week, Ben Pearson, who's come in. Mm. Um, I'm not sure he's played a lot of games. I'm not sure he's played a lot of games, but, but you know, certainly one of the better, best, better players in the championship that they've managed to bring in. Obviously, recently signed Jack Wilshire on a free. Um, although I think he got sent off the other week. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's just, but again, if if he's someone, again, we'll keep saying about Jack Wilshere if they can keep him fit. What a player to have, um, mm. especially at the championship. You know, they brought Begovic back in from from the cold. He was on loan at, at Milan and, and wasn't going to get a look in last year. Now he's coming in and playing, and, and what an experienced goalkeeper to have. Um, yeah. You know, the the amount of games he he's played for for you know for Stoke. Obviously, he didn't play a lot at, at Chelsea, but was in and around at Chelsea, played nearly 100 games for Bournemouth, um, also, but then was out of the team for, for, for nearly 
you know, two seasons. So um, he's come back in and, and done well and, and, you know, having some of that sort of experience that we, we mentioned. Mm. So, um, yeah. And then just looking on, on the goal scoring front, you know, finally Dominic Solanke is uh, hitting the straps. You know, we'd, I don't mm. want to say that he's found his level because I think that's a little bit, out, a bit, a bit <laughs> yeah. harsh. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, he certainly could have said that, you know, for someone who had such a good... Um, you know, academy upbringing and and whatnot, and was banging in the goals for Chelsea at youth level and uh, and an under twenty three level. Never really happened for him. You know, he mm. he, he went a strange move to Liverpool, but didn't score any goals. And you know, his first two seasons at or first two seasons at Bournemouth scored three goals in forty odd games, but but he's starting to score not prolifically, but one in three. You know, he's scoring goals. They've got um, Stanislas as well. I think. Bit of a penalty merchant, is he not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, definitely. But but again, scoring goals, and I think yeah. they're gonna yeah. they're gonna need that um, to get him up there. Obviously, sixth at the minute, which just mm. means they scrape in. Mm. Um, you know, they'll have ambitions for sure of of, of still being automatic. Um, and I think with the squad they got, they still got that chance. I think just on Jack Wilshere quickly, uh, you're saying it. Obviously, if they do keep him fit, he'd be one hell of a player to have. Um, have around, especially if they did want to go back to the Premier League. I saw, I think it was either in the past week or the week before, he came out and has basically said his time at Arsenal um, didn't go sort of to plan because he didn't really listen to the physios and what they've said about, um, you know, controlling his game time and recovery and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, as Arsenal fans, what could have been if he uh, if he did do that? Uh, but in terms of their squad and, and what I've seen this year, I think I've got to agree. They're the strongest um, side in the league. You mentioned, obviously, Begovic. You just said Wilshere. Stanislas having a decent season, even though he is a penalty merchant. Um, and maybe being sixth, there's an argument for Bournemouth underachieving that position. I don't know if that's harsh. You know, Would you say not being promoted would be a disappointment for Bournemouth this year? Well, I think certainly the, the board must have thought they were underachieving because that's why they've moved the manager on. You know, mm -hmm. brought, in a, yep. brought in a new manager, and I think he's done right with Gate. To be fair, obviously they, they've lost a couple of games. I think they lost to Cardiff. Um, I know we'll come on to in a bit. They lost in the, a couple of weeks back to Cardiff, but um, I th the the ambitions got me there. I think yeah, it certainly is a disappointment. I'd imagine they're mm. they're paying a lot of, lot of money to these players as well. They won't be on Premier League contracts anymore, but they'll be on you know good money. They they're good players, and there's certainly more of these that could probably play in the Premier League team. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they don't go up, how, how they do go. But as I say, they still have the uh, the payment, the parachute payments, whether they use that money in terms of wages or look use of something else. It'd be interesting to see. Just very quickly before we do move on to Barnsley, um, just want to say, you know, they've let the, the key players go. People like Ake and Fraser obviously just ran down his contract towards the end of, of last season. But they definitely brought in, you know, decent players like a, like you've said, I do rave about Ben Pearson. What I've seen, it, just two or three games, has been fantastic for them. Dominic Solanke, um, you know, just to name a couple. I think I think it's fair to say their recruitment does completely embody and um, decide and um, have ambitions to go back to the Premier League and stay there. But um, we'll move on to Barnsley. Um, well, looking at this, this was I hadn't looked at the Championship table for a while. I've got to be honest. Especially towards the top. I think the last time I had a look properly was sort of, sort of January, December. I was very surprised to see Barnsley up there. 
Um, I think nobody would have tipped Barnsley to be doing this well um, at this point of, of the year, at the start of the season. Um, a club would have really flooded between the top league one and the lower half of the championship. Um, obviously, this year, now flying, um, they're just, just one place outside of the playoffs. I think it's fair to say we don't, you know, we both of us don't know a great deal about Barnsley, but, but from what you found out, what do you think their, their real key to success has been this year? I think it is a real a real big story because if you think mm. look at the see you know last season they they avoided relegation on the last day um yep. which was obviously massive for the club um new manager coming in in the summer is male uh, is male <laughs> I'm not sure again on pronunciations yeah. apologies yeah, yeah. for all those Barnsley fans that'll be listening um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think to be fair I watched them I have watched them once this year when they played Chelsea and I was quite impressed, mm. you know, with, yeah. with how they were that night. They, they create some good chances. I think we spoke about it on our FA Cup episode. Yeah. Um, they had a couple of really good chances. You know, they've got some good quality players. You, you look at um, Corley Woodrow come through at Fulham and, and he's their top scorer. Um, uh, actually, just quickly, after that Chelsea game, they did go on on the Sunday and they beat Bradford. So they proved, yeah. they proved that they looked decent on that, on that, that particular night. Yeah, well, I say I'm not surprised about that result. They say Corley Woodrow up front, scoring got ten goals, top scorer. Um, obviously, off the back of last year, defensively they they need to improve and they must have improved and and they did. They brought in um, Helik from from Poland, Polish centre back, who's been probably their best player this year. Um, certainly, yeah. the stats stats suggest that that he's made a massive impact for them um, in the team. There's some really good players that I like in there. Alex Alex Moet and, and Callum Styles I really like. And you know, they're five five on five wins on the spin, which for any team is massive. And and they say they've gone on a hell of a run. Um mm. and, and when you do in this sort of league, and we, we keep talking about it with the the way the games are coming thick and fast, winning five games on the spin and will get you so far up the league. You know, I think mm. you think in a in a week you if you're playing Saturday, Tuesday every week, in a week you can make six points up on someone so easily. Um, and that's that's the and oh, yeah. you know, the adva- advantage and disadvantage of, of the way this season pans out. But you know, I, I say reading into to the manager, I think he's been obviously been great for them. They they haven't, you know. I think there's a, an interview with him I read, and and he said that the transfer window just gone was massive because they were worried about losing their better players, Alex Mara and Styles, the like. Um, mm. You know, especially after them being in the shop window. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah. against Chelsea, and again the win against Brentford after that. You know, yeah. so that was a massive thing. They they astute with their business in the January window. One I'm really interested to see a little bit more of is um, the signing that he did actually come on against Chelsea. Daryl Dyke is a, a centre forward, um, come from the MLS, was a loan um, from Orlando, which will be um, I say interesting to see how he goes. He got the winner in the week. Uh, or, or scored in the week, sorry, against QPR. They're a really good win at QPR away. Again, a big strike, six foot one, physically good, you know, come through um, the college system in America and, you know, scored seven, uh, eight in 17 at Orlando and, and has got a move over here. I think he's played one in game for USA as well. You know, it'd be interesting to see how he is for the second part of the season. You know, we've touched on it with every team if they're going to push themselves up. Um, mm. And stay around that, then they're going to need goals. Um, yep. You know, can he be one that provides the goals? Possibly, um, but he's one certainly to have a look at. Again, I'm not sure whether there's a 
a link with, with them um, and, and the MLS. Uh, I think one of their previous managers, to be fair, would, had managed it or went on to, I think he's gone on to manage Red Bulls, but I'm not sure that that was quite a, right. quite the same. But I say, you know, they're, they're flying at the minute. You know, when you get on that mm. run of form, that does, you know, that's going to yep. get you get you up the league. I, I, I like the style they have. That, say, watching them against Chelsea, I think they will probably value for a point, uh, well, not point, but a draw in, in the cup against Chelsea. Um, but the bit bit of quality at the end um, from Chelsea beating. Again, it, I think it really does come down to the, the condensed, well, even more condensed than usual championship fixture list. Obviously, it's quite um, a quick turnaround. Usually, you get Saturday and Tuesday games, but now you get sort of games on a Saturday, Sunday, um, Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, every day of the week. And there's one tonight, um, I think Huddersfield, Cardiff or something like that. So, actually, I think when you do get on that run of games and you're playing sort of three games a week, another couple of games, you, you get five wins, you, you're right up there. And, and also, without dwelling too much on Brentford, that sort of had a detrimental effect on them as well because they're a couple of points clear, um, lose three games on the on the trot, all of a sudden they're 10 points behind Norwich at the top. So it goes both ways in the championship. And actually, that's why um, some teams, it benefits them, some teams, it doesn't. And it just happens for Barnsley that they've benefited massively from from this schedule. Um, just, just quickly, before we do move on, it is nice to see new teams up and around the playoffs. I think you'd agree. Um, most of the teams we've touched on already, and, and the next one, which is Cardiff, um, you know that they're always, they're always the same teams that are up, up around that sort of positions. Um, I'm not sure if they'll have the same firepower at Barnsley to match those those sorts of Bournemouth, Watfords, uh, but it would be interesting to see if they do get into the playoffs how they'd fare. So, our last team um, of the episode to look at is Cardiff. Um, a team we've only had a, a couple of seasons in the Premier League and they've actually been relegated twice. Um, but they're always you know, a, pro- a potent threat at the top of the championship. So, so in your opinion, what's been going well for them this year? Well, I think not so much until 10 games ago where they moved on their Neil Harris, who was doing okay and obviously not. I'm bringing in an experienced manager in Mick McCarthy who has turned the club around no ends. I don't think any supporter probably ever thought that they would turn around like this. You know, they're mm-hmm. unbeaten in 10. Um, they're flying up the table. Um, so we now see them right on the cusp of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's been a massive change for them. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, I can't, can't go any further without mentioning Kiefer Moore, who has mm-hmm. gone in there, um, signed this summer and gone in and bagging one in two, you know, 16 goals already in the league. You know, four, he scores one in three for his country as well. I'm just looking at his, his record now. Sorry. He's come come from playing at Truro, you know, in, in, in the probably regional leagues um, and really built his way up. You know, Forest Green in, in probably in the, in the National League at Torquay, where he scored five in four. You know, he's a goal scorer wherever he's been. The only time he hasn't scored goals is he was at Norwich. Um, you, you know, uh, sorry, right. Ipswich, sorry. Right. Um, right. So, a great signing, obviously. Um, I'm not sure he's properly Welsh. He wasn't born in Wales, but right. obviously he's playing for Wales and, and Cardiff took the, yeah. took the punt on him. And, you know, he real battering ram. He looks at a big player, six foot five. He's physically very good. I think he scored, 
you know, he's not going to be a forward that runs in behind, but he's certainly going to score goals. Um, and he's yeah. been a massive part of it for Cardiff. But again, credit to Mick McCarthy because when he come in, you know, the Cardiff obviously underachieving, and he and he's come in there, and I think he was on a, a contract to the end of the season, and I think the other day he's just signed a two year extension on that. Um, right. And and that's you know unbelievable to turn around like he has. But we talked about it earlier how how a manager you know might have the the tools to to get a team playing the way that they want to play. And I say Neil Harris is a you know he 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 was there for a, for a couple of years I think. Um, you know it just didn't work for him. Uh, obviously done well at, at Millwall before, but say so credit to uh, Mick McCarthy and I think they've certainly got the the quality to go in and um, push for the playoffs for sure. Yeah, definitely this year. I think, like you've said, um, they weren't really going going anywhere and then Mick McCarthy's come in and, and come in and uh, they're unbeaten in, in the last 10 games. So, fair play to Mick McCarthy. Um, I've got to be honest, I had a look at Cardiff and I didn't really expect them to do that. Um, so, fair enough. Um, another point was, I can see you've written here, Harry Wilson on loan from Liverpool. Um, after you know his loan spell didn't really work out at, at Bournemouth, and I actually think a regular fixture throughout this podcast has been Championship teams recruiting those Premier League quality players, um, and that's really why they're in such a good position in the league and, and challenging for for that promotion. So what I'd say to you is, do you think playing with that high quality of player actually lifts the whole morale and, and work ethic of the squad and? almost feeling like they want to prove to these players coming down and to themselves that maybe they're good enough for the Premier League level. I think it's more Harry Wilson proving he can do it or players of that ilk that rather than the other way around that, you know, a Premier League player comes in the dressing room, you've got to prove to him you're good enough sort of thing. You know, the reason that Harry Wilson is at Cardiff at the minute is because he's not a Premier League player. He's not good enough to be a Premier League player because if he was, you know, He'd be playing in Liverpool's team, or he'd be on loan in a Premier League club. You know, he had a he had a 30, 30, played thirty one league games last year for Bournemouth um, in the Premier League. Mm. Uh, and, they got re- and they got relegated, <laughs> or he didn't do enough to get another deal with another Premier League club. Or yes, yeah. you know, I think you know he's a long way off maybe being in Liverpool. So you know, I think it's more for him to prove that actually he can cut it at the Championship level, or he's too good for the Championship level. Um, and he's done all right. You know, his goals and assists return possibly, you know, maybe not as good as what he thought it could be or what, what maybe they thought it would be. Um, obviously, he's, he is an interesting player. He'd done, done well at Derby. That was where he done really well in the Championship. And I guess off the back of that, that's where Cardiff are looking at him to replicate that sort of form. And if he mm. can, you know, there's no reason why they're being around it. So there's a, you know, they few interesting signings that, that, that they made. They got another lad on loan from Liverpool, Ojo, who, um, again, interesting player, spent some time on loan at, at Rangers last season. Um, but again, look, they're, they're, they're a solid team. You, you mentioned at the beginning, they've had a couple of fleeting spells in the Premier League, so we mm. automatically think that they're a Premier League team, but I'm not sure that's mm. that, that is really the case. You know, I think... Um, there, they'll be again having the the experience of manager Mick McCarthy that they won't continue this sort of ridiculous run that they're on because I don't think it's physically <laughs> possible. But yeah, um, it'll certainly help them um, being around the top. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I can't um, skip over Keith and Ball. You've already said he's been brought in 
um, another player from a national league sort of background and lower lower levels of football. Um, and we've seen this before in, in, in the late bloomers. I think he's 28 now um, in someone like Jamie Vardy. Um, so 16 goals for him this year. I think he's really solved those problems in the Cardiff had up front for a couple of years now. I, I think I remember their right back was playing up front for a bit um, and they've had numerous amounts of strikers that haven't seemed to work. So maybe now, once they get that sorted, they, they could be pushing for, for that promotion spot to the Premier League. Yeah, I think you, you make a great point with the with the late bloomer like a like a Vardia. Um, you know, they're out there. They certainly are. And and I I believe if you could score goals at, at one level, you can score goals like you will score goals at other levels. It's whether you get the opportunity, whether you're playing in the right team. Um, you know, I think if you're if you're a goal scorer and you're finding the net, you know, you get the chances, you you you'll put them away. I think it's it's a natural yep. thing and you know, so you know, I think we can see from his record, he's always scored goals, and I think now he's getting a little bit more recognition for the for the weight of goals that he's scoring. You know, in a Cardiff team that are obviously trying to push now and and, and get themselves into into the playoff mix and get themselves, you know, to, towards the Premier League, which no doubt they want to be. Is he another one that that could get another move off the back of it? Possibly. Again, I think that's down to him and the goals. But if I'm a if I'm a Premier League club and I'm looking at recruitment, I'm looking at financially where. The, maybe the finances aren't going to be the same this summer when we're looking at bringing players. You know, I'm certainly looking at the top end um, and the top goal scorers in in the championship and and seeing can we bring any in um, this year. But again, it's it's again if he can keep scoring goals. You know, you look at um, say the top of the championship at the minute. Obviously, I think at top of everyone's shopping list is probably going to be someone like Ivan Tony. But yep. if they can't get him, I think West Ham are linked with Adam Armstrong, who scored 19 right. goals. Yep. You've got Lucas Shaw, we talked about Pookie, we talked about Kiefer Moore, you know, and Andre Ayew. They're the top scorers in the league. And, you know, apart from Armstrong at Blackburn, who I think are a little bit lower in the league, um, you know, and even Corley Woodrow, who's got 10, they're all sides that are around the top. Dominic mm. Solanke, another one. So, mm. you know, that's what, that's what we're seeing. And I think... Those some of those players, if they can't get promoted this year, or or even if they do, there's going to be um, a few Premier League clubs certainly sniffing sniffing round. So I'm really interested with the Adam Armstrong one because mm. I think he come come from Newcastle um, and yep. dropped down to I think he dropped down to to League One. Um, I think he was at Coventry and he scored quite a few goals there. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, you know, has, has scored a lot of goals. Um, for Blackburn in recent times so you know it'd be interesting what happens with that one whether he gets the opportunity to go back to the Premier League or, or any of them Well I think overall the, the Championship is actually a very interesting league and even though we both don't watch too much of it maybe just because we just don't watch too much football as it is um, we should probably have a look at watching a bit more especially towards the end of the year I think you've got some quality players in there we've talked about a number of different strikers um, obviously more Pookie Tony, um, Solanke, all top clubs have got those got those exciting players. And that's probably why they are where they are. Um, so, yeah, that, that pretty much wraps up today's episode. It's been good to have a look at all these clubs, um, all the clubs in the promotion places, both automatic um, and for the playoffs. And then, obviously, you've got a couple um, in Barnsley and Cardiff just outside that are um, potentially looking to push those clubs above them in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, you know, always an interesting one to have a look at this. 
um, especially as us, you know, Arsenal fans, Premier League fans, always looking to see who could come up, um, not just teams, but also those individual players that can come up and, and step up and really make a difference that we, we've seen over the last few years. One I can think of is someone like Michael Antonio, someone, you know, and not for not for us for a while came up and he's been very good for West Ham. So it's always interesting to have a look at these players and teams um, to see who can really make that impact on the big time. But as ever, um, we didn't have any guests this week. Obviously, hopefully next week we'll have someone on. Um, but Matt, it's been great to talk again, mate. Oh, we always enjoy doing these. Um, and even though today's was maybe slightly last minute, um, hopefully we've entertained everyone and, and give them a good insight into uh, championship football this season. Yeah, like you said, maybe a little bit last minute. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's interesting to have a look a little bit more. Like you said, we probably don't watch it as much as as we maybe should or, you know, but I'm certainly always keeping an eye out for, for tips mm. for certain teams and, and having a look at the top. And, and like you said, I think what we've looked at today is we've looked at some clubs that at the beginning of the season, you'd have said, yes, they're going to be in around it. And I'm looking at your Watfords and Bournemouths and um, Brentfords and, and clubs like that. And, and obviously Norwich top of the league, but clubs that maybe are, are slightly a surprise, maybe Reading a little bit, um, certainly Barnsley, maybe Cardiff, just for, for how they've been. You know, they're in the playoffs last year, but how they started the season. Um, you know, so it, it's good to have a look. And, and like I said, we the Championship is the league of, of unpredictability. I think the Premier League's becoming that a little bit more, but I think the Championship is so is more so. Um, and I would not be surprised if we see a team in the playoffs that we haven't spoken about today um, mm. that make a surge towards the end of the season it always generally happens one team or two teams will fall away and, and one will really push themselves up the league so you know we've we've talked about eight clubs today who uh you know i'd imagine out of those eight there's a good chance three of them will be premier league teams next year yeah. but at the same time and same token i wouldn't be surprised if you know one of the teams below them really pushed themselves in the playoffs i think thinking back to that huddersfield i think Huddersfield crept into the playoffs on the last day, I think, yes. when they um, yep. when they got in the playoffs, and then they ended up in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that just shows just shows you how the how the league goes and, and yep. the opportunities for all the clubs and yep. and you never know, do you? You, you certainly no. just never know. No. Well, uh, we appreciate this has been uh, a slightly longer episode than usual. It's come up to I think roughly an hour and a half now. Um, but yeah, it's been quite a good one, though. It's been a good one, it's been enjoyable. I certainly have enjoyed it. Um, this week, do keep an eye out on our Instagram if you do follow that um, at uh, WAMTG pod. Um, I might put a little poll out um, any suggestions, um, things you want us to talk about um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're open to listening to them and more than happy to answer any questions as well. Okay, guys, that's all from us. Um, good stuff. Keep talking football. Cheers.